This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Greetings all. Thanks so much for joining me. I've got a conversation with James Hulse. He's the musician at the center of an outfit titled From the Haze. Now, the compelling event for the conversation with James is due to the launch of his debut. As you'll hear, the long-awaited album that he's put together under the From the Haze banner, this one's titled my own worst enemy now this is a fantastic conversation for those of you out there to listen to who may be procrastinating about putting out a collection of tunes under whatever banner it is that you can think of the most important thing is that you get your act together you compose your songs you get together with the producer and you make it happen here's exhibit a a tune titled losing your love from the album my own worst enemy again the artist is from the Hayes, and this is a conversation with the fella at the centre of the outfit, James Hulse. The conversation will kick in once a tune is done. Let's go.
I often say to people that there is no other dynamic, forget workplaces, forget sports teams, anything else you can think of, clubs like uh, Toastmasters or Scouts, even anything like that, that resemble what it's like being in a band. It's like herding cats, but at the same time, cats yeah. that are actively working against you. Against you, know, you, fighting you, tooth and nail. Oh, man, that's that's what I say. Like, I'm like, being in a, in a six-piece rock band, it's like herding fucking cats. Like, exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah, all necessity is a mother of invention. If that if that is the case, so my own worst enemy. That's the name of the album and the band under which you, you've released, or the moniker at least that you've released. My own worst enemy under is from the haze. So that's surely great. this is yeah. this this the cuts are strong. Surely there's enough here for you to do your own thing and sort of just bring in a willing cast around you. That that's the plan. You know, like it, it's kind of. You know, I had there's tension in the band because like I just I didn't tell anyone. I just like was chipping away at that my own album just you know, a jam gets cancelled and so so I did it anyway, like I, I put it out and I I had a producer who helped me. I got a shout out to Tate Whitaker. He he held my hand the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so it's like me and him, like we're like, all right, like we're doing this new project, we just need to collect people to kind of come on, come on board. So that's the uh, the next step. So these are songs that you had potentially in the can to present to the band, but because the band can't get their shit together, you went, fuck it, I'm going to do my own thing. That's exactly right. That's, that's exactly what happened. Like um, um, My Own Worst Enemy, like the, the track, like I brought that to the band and then that was the song that like got me into the band, if that makes sense. Like, you know, mm. I, I was just a hanger on. I love live music. Like I was just there. And I'm like, oh shit, this is like something I've been working on. And so like our, our band played it really well. Like that's like a band song, but I wrote. Mm. And and then I've kind of just like, well, when are we fucking releasing it? Like, you know, I've been here for two and a half years. Like when when are we putting stuff out? Nothing happened. So I just, I, I took my song back and like, you know, did, did an album. So, and here we are. So did you record all of the instruments on the album? Yep. So um, I, I played the guitar and I played some of the bass. Uh, the drums are all just programmed, programmed drums. Really? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, and yeah, um, yeah. so programmed drums. I probably did 50% of the bass and then all the synth and electronic and all the production and all the, you know, effects are all my producer tape. He, he pretty much did that. So... Okay, radio. And is this something that you guys hooked up with because you already knew each other, or did you have to actively seek him out? No, so we we were friends, friend of a friend via the band, you know, just like and and he he was just hanging out, and um he heard us play the song "My Worst Enemy" live, and he's like, "Oh fuck, man!" Like he just went home and started tinkering, you know, and then he showed me that, and he's like, "Look, this is what we could do," and I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" Like it's just a whole option. Like I'm not. Like our dynamic is is pretty much I sit in a bedroom, play guitar, write lyrics, formulate structures, you know, that should go there. And then I, I give it to Tade um, and then we record it. And then I go home and listen to it, you know, chip away, change mm-hmm. things, change things around, give it back to him. And then he's while at the same time he's like tweaking the drums and, and you know, like adjusting levels and doing all the – Literally sitting at the computer that I don't have the patience to do, you know. 
Uh-huh. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that completely. Okay. So you're a creative. Yeah. He's the he's the technical mind who gets exactly. things going for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you plan to do with it then? I mean, it's the songs are too good for it to just sort of go through to the keeper, so to speak. So are you planning on recruiting a band so that you can do some live performance? Absolutely. Like absolutely like you know, I've I I feel like I've been a musician for 10 years, but you know, when people ask you, like, what have you got to show? Like mm-hmm. nothing, nothing, you know, like, and, and so really the, the, you know, the catalyst of making the album was like, I, I want a portfolio. Like I want to show people something like I'm so sick of, you know, getting asked a question. Oh, you playing the guitar? Like, can you show us some stuff? You know, it's like, yeah, you know, so, so really like, yeah, the, the, the live band is the next, you know, step, um, yeah, like and but but to answer your question, like I have no plans. You know, it, it was just it, it it was like you know taking throwing up. Uh, here's this album I've created, and it's just like, well, what do I do? Like mm. now, you know. So yeah, no, no, I get it. Yeah, what about lyrical themes? What are you addressing through the lyrics? Self hatred. You know, I mean, it, it's literally called just my own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what, where do you draw from? Man? You know, it's yeah. like, oh, fuck, I was a real dickhead today. You know, I should write about, you know, the, the usual thing, breaking up with women. Um, I don't know what else. Shit, shit. It, it, it usually, like, the theme usually just came back to, like, you know, self, like, go on, be better, you know, do this better. And, and, and so that's kind of why I stuck with the, pardon me, uh, the my own worst enemy kind of, theme i guess that's the right way of putting it i think i understand yeah yeah it's always fertile lyrical ground isn't it when you start reflecting on your own actions and mistakes yeah. and the like particularly if you've got high self-awareness which it sounds like you do yeah yeah and, and like you know it's it's kind of um like you know what do people always say write what you know yes and that's what I know, you know. I know I can be a real dickhead, so, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you're being a bit hard on yourself, but, yeah, you know, know, but if it works, hey, look, the other thing too, if it works for your lyrics, so be it. You know, if that's uh, some of the greatest music, uh, XTC, uh, Morrissey, these sort mm-hmm. of artists, you know, yep. they've always used self-effacing yep. Yep. Um, concepts, if you like, to connect with an audience more. And and lyrics are uh, music. Music connects with musicians. I find you yep. agree with this statement. Yep. Lyrics Absolutely. though connect with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what and, about? Oh, you sorry, mate. All right, yeah. I was just going to say, like, um, what I have found as well is like the respect I get from other musicians that my like peers, like they're like, mm. it's just. You know, I had people say to me, I mean, the fact that you're talking to me right now means I did something right. Like, um, but like really good close friends of mine who I just respect so much is like, you know, you sit in a room and like there's 10 guitar players and you're like, well, he's better and he's technically better. And, you know, just amazing musicians for them to be like, hey, man, really good songwriting, like pat on the back, like very, very impressed. You're like, really? Are you talking to me? Like, yeah. So uh, it's just been it's yeah. I'm so glad I did it. There's, it's not like there's a drought of good songwriters. There's just so much music out there at the mm. moment, more than at any other time. I don't know what the statistic is, but I'm willing to wage that every year more music, brand new to market music, is released than all the years prior. It's just sort of compounding at this point because of all of the avenues being Spotify, Bandcamp. It's so much easier to create today than it was, you know, even even ten years ago. Like you know, it's no, just. I agree. Yeah. It's, so easy and, and 
you know, if it wasn't so accessible to myself, I don't think I'd be in this situation. But stocks for songwriters have never been higher, and that was my point there. I, I listen to a lot of music. I get sent hundreds of new releases a week, literally, and I barely scrape the surface in terms of diving into a lot of it. Yep. But that's just because I'm time poor working, kids, this sort of thing. But the one thing that comes across is there's a very – the percentages in the minority where the songwriting stands out. And that's not having a dig at new music. I prefer new music. Yep. Okay. but I think we're at, we're at a point where I'd really like to see young artists and musicians in particular take some time out, you know, step back a little bit. Don't just fill it up, page up with notes. Actually focus and put some energy into making sure that if you've, if you've got, say, enough ideas for, say, 30 or 40-odd songs, how about you make eight absolutely outstanding songs because – and here's the killer. Here's, here's the the rubber. The you know the the point I want to make in amongst all of that. People aren't listening to albums anymore. So yeah. if you, if you release an album, it's got to be similar to yours. It's got to be full of hook after hook after hook. Yep, yep. And, and I, I completely agree. I love new music. I man, there are so many great bands just dropping songs every mm. day. Like I I I actively search for new music because I'm like I love the classics. Like who doesn't? They're classics for a reason. But you know. It's just it's like going back to the same well. Like there's so much more to be listened to, you know. Um, and and you're 100 right. Nobody listens to albums. Like I can't remember the last album I listened. Maybe cool, you know, back in 2018, whenever the, that yeah, album came out. Fear Inoculum. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That was. But you know, after a 15 year wait, I'm like, I'm listening to this album. Yeah. But but, yeah. but, but you know, my point is like. Nobody listen. You're right. Like it's all song, song, Spotify. You know, and and that's what I'm guilty of that too. That lends itself to why you felt an album was the best medium for you to get your new music out there. Did you think about just say releasing a few singles to Spotify instead? Well, because I had this is my first release. I I, I was kind of of the mind like like I've never. Like I play, I play live, like, but I've never shown people my music. And I was like, look, I don't want to just put out one song. I wanted to just like, here is what I can do. Like, you know, it, it's, it's almost like a, like a resume or, you know, like this is, this is what I can do, you know, and maybe it, in eight songs, there's one thing that you, you know, connects with somebody like that's, that's what I wanted. I just wanted to have a, a wealth of, you know, Mm. listenability I, I i don't know what i'm trying to say here but you know just instead of just one song putting it out like i just wanted to just dump and run kind of thing you know that's what i get all right now i don't want to listen to it <laughs> i think i think i think it's a good strategy from the perspective that it's out there now okay so if anybody says to you what have you got and you said, hey, go to Spotify and there's two or three singles okay that's that's one thing okay get a couple of hundred listens great but the fact that you've got an album out there it means that you're capable of creating it's almost that demonstration for higher learning you know what i'm saying around what you're prepared to put yourself but the mindset you're prepared to adopt yep. moving forward as a musician and that'll help you connect with other like-minded like-minded musicians and you, you mentioned earlier you're out there at ipswich is that right yes so like i, I mean yes that's where we <clears throat> that's where the band that i the live band is out at ipswich yeah do you find that is is that an easy place for you to connect with musicians? I mean, in the circles I run with, like absolutely, like because I joined the band, they were already established, you know, they already had connections, like, but not 
you know, it's herding cats. So, you know, it's like, yes, I, I've, I mean, shit, I, I've been rubbing shoulders with excellent musicians for the past three years. You know, you, you're meeting people, like-minded people, you know, mm. you, you play a gig with three other bands. You get to meet three other bands, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great. It's just, we just have no discipline. We just cannot pull our finger out, you know. Yeah, that's a look. I've, I've probably been in a dozen bands, exactly what you just mentioned there, and because it's got nothing to do with talent, it's all down to the work people are prepared to yeah. do, and yeah. and what sort of sacrifices they're prepared to make. And um, believe me, once you have kids, mate, you just actually. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. what I will tell you, mate, is once you have kids, it gets really easy because you begin to suss out people very quickly whether or not they got their shit together or not, and right. they're worth yeah. your time. So I play covers, you see. So yeah. we don't even rehearse. We don't have to. You just learn the song, yeah. turn up. You just learn the song. Everyone comes. They're tight. You know your spot. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. We've been playing for 35 years or whatever it is as well. So nobody needs to be told how to play their instrument or what a professional stage setup looks like, this sort of thing, because it's just expected. Now, in saying that, I have jammed with people inadvertently like I've been invited to things and gone up on stage and looked across at the guitarist or whatever and they're using some dodgy old amp and they say it's vintage and the tubes are fried or whatever yeah, and it's like well yeah. it sounds like an am radio mate fix it yeah it sounds like a fart yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's like I don't care what you know what 80s or 70s vintage you think it is or what have you okay nobody the girls that are dressed up to the nines out in the audience in the valley they do not care about no, the gear you are using yeah. they just yeah. care that you're going to make the sounds that makes them dance yep yep you know well what about influences and inspirations for you tell me about them oh mate australian rock rock and roll heavy metal um you know, I, I love prog rock. I love, I love rap. Man, I just love music. I just, I just wanted to make what I wanted to make. You know, um, like I, I could go down the list of like, do you have any bands in the background? No, I can't see any bands. You know, but but you know, it absent from mine these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, the influences and oh man, like I, I love rock and roll. Like at heart, I feel like. I'm a rock and roller, not a punk rocker, not a heavy metal. I just love classic rock and roll, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah. uh, that's what I identify myself with. And, um, you know, I, I guess my music is a little, a little sappy, you know, it's got its moments, a bit tragic. I think somebody's described it as, but, um, you know, it's just the, the music that came to me. These are the riffs I like. These are the things that I want to say, you know, it's just how can you just bring it all together and make it listenable, palatable, you know? But who inspired you to pick up a guitar? Oh, I remember when my mum, when I was a kid, my mum put on the Beatles album. Like it was like a classic, you know, a greatest hits album. I think it was the blue one when they were all looking down. Oh, on the yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just remember listening to that back to back as a kid and just like, I want to do this. Like these, these songs are amazing, you know, and then it's just grown from there. Like I love, I'd say if you would ask me Nine Inch Nails, Tool, um Grinspoon, Silverchair, that that kind of 90s yeah. rock is my what I cherish most. I'm hearing it. I, I can hear that too in your music, but not in a derivative sense. So I can actually hear that it's been an inspiration, particularly early silver chair, because I can't stand what they did later on. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. That poor, yeah. that poor guy. I actually thought he was faking it there for years, I've got to be honest. Daniel Jot, he's insane. Like he's just yeah, literally. Insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just not all there. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's he's a genius, though. I'll give him that. I mean, he's he's 
first two albums, if he'd st- so the first album, Frog Stomp. Frog Stomp. Kevin Shirley. Oh, yeah. my God. How good is Kevin, Kevin Shirley? You know, yep. Kevin Shirley yep. got his career with Iron Maiden off the back of that album. By yeah, the right. Oh, they right. Listened to, the guys in Iron Maiden listened to that album went, this is fantastic and we need mm-hmm. to work with this guy. And that's that's what happened there. So we can actually thank Silverchair for Iron Maiden's resurgence. Yeah, in a right. Lot of ways. I didn't know I didn't know that connection. See, like. Uh, Huge, yeah. Like, if you'd said that to my mate Tate, like my producer, I'm going to call him my producer because that's literally what he did, produced me. Um mm. He'd be like all over that, but see, I'm I'm like a I'm the creative. Like I I know Daniel Johns, I know Bruce Dickinson, you know I know the band. I don't know the mm. people behind the scenes, like you know. And and I just want to you know say it again, like because I can't stop saying it. Like I owe like fifty percent of this is to Tate. You know, he's the one that was like, do this again. You know, he's the one that produced the thing where I'm just like a scatterbrain of oh, what about this riff? What about this lyric? You know, I'm just throwing shit at a wall until it sticks and then kind of sifting through it afterwards. Does he have a, a studio that you guys work out of or do you uh, work at each other's in houses? His, in his bedroom, essentially. He, he's made a home studio. Yeah, that's what you need to do these days. The software is yeah. all at your fingertips. You talk about 10 years ago. You know, we used to have to go into studios 10 years ago. Um, but uh, these days it's just uh, if you want to get some polish onto it, I, uh, there's probably, you know, bigger studios you need to go into because yeah. of consoles and yeah. – plugins and all sorts of other things that are only available natively instead of, you know, apps that you can download or what have you. But, um, I mean, that was the one thing that struck me was how crystal clear the album sounded, yours. Oh, yeah, Most Enemy. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, that is all. So I did, I got it mastered. Like I paid to get a master because I was like, if I'm going to put all this effort in, yeah. like, let's, let's do it right. But um, when we got it mastered, the um, Cosmic Audio somewhere in, in England, I'm pretty sure, like I just, I gave this all to Tade. Like, you know, he, he he produced his own album and like, you know, it's very prog, very like prog. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, you know, he'd done the process himself and um, some of the um, um, feedback we got from the, the master is they're like, it's been mixed perfectly. Like we're not changing any of the levels. Like it's just we're just crystal clear. I don't know what they do when they master it. You know, they they make it cleaner. Um, but you know, that's all. He's just he's he's the kind of kid that did his homework. You know, where I'm yeah. the kid that would copy his homework. You know, because I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bit of a dark art, though, in all fairness to you, around production and getting the sonic qualities of albums correct. Because plenty of people watch a YouTube video and all of a sudden they're experts. Yeah, they're uh, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it it is a bit of a dark art. I mean, you talk to uh, like you know the great guitarists like Ian Moss or what have you. You ask them, how do you do what you do, and they say, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. because it's actually in them. It's something just. It's all an expression of creativity, and from that perspective, yeah. they've just found their outlet. So instead of Tate, I know you mentioned he's a musician, but it mm-hmm. sounds like he's. Uh, a, a lot of these, the, the sharper points, if you like, mm. character and his talent, if you like, reveals itself in production. Oh, absolutely. Like, in songwriting. Mm. Yep. Yep. You know, that happens. So, so are you going to do videos or anything like that? To- like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lost in the sense that, like, I, I have no experience or knowledge or, you know, I'm, where do I go from here? You know, it's there. Like, absolutely. Like, yes, yes, I'll do all that. Tell me where to go. Tell me what to do. You know, it's, it's, where do I, who do I need to speak to to make that happen? That's, yeah. 
I think he can do most. Of, I mean, there's those insane. I, I can't stand those inane lyric videos, to be honest with you. But they're mm. everywhere. But mm. um, these days, have you, have you, have you, you, you probably know all about Premiere Pro, but have you used it much for video editing and creation? Nope. Someone like you would probably pick it up within a day, and you could you could have something done within a month that that looked yep. passable. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, the only issue around that is that I studied social media marketing at, at uh, uni and uh, also social media tactics. And uh, I don't do this, by the way, because I just couldn't be bothered. I do my podcast for whoever finds it. But yep. in terms of getting your music into new audiences, reels and all of that sort of thing on Instagram and TikTok, they're pretty much the only game in town these days, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. And yep. uh, I know YouTube even throttles. I'm pretty sure it does anyway. I shouldn't say this is a fact. But if you're not doing their shorts, you know, those YouTube shorts, yep. if you're not doing them, they throttle your channel a little bit. Okay, like you, the algorithm's not going to recommend you. Like, yeah, totally. you, you need to play the content game. Like, I'm not dumb to, like, the whole I understand how it all, you know, constantly uploading, constantly, you know, constant content. Like, that's how it is. I just, I'm just not. I'm just a dude who sat in a room and made an album. Like, you know, it's it's where I go from here or what do I need? Like, I, shit, man. Like, mm. I, I, I always say to my band, like, because I'm the, I was, no, I'm not the newest member of the band, but in the band, I'm like the rhythm, rhythm guitarist. You know, I'm not front and center. We have a great lead guitarist. We have a great, we have a bunch of great musicians. Like, I'm just not front and center and and when it comes back to you know so there's the, that with the band but there's also you know the whole marketing and and you know the promotional side of that like i'm just i just want to play guitar i just want to play guitar and sing that, that's what i love to do you know and and if yeah yeah oh well see what comes of it then mate if that's if that's what yeah. you want to do so be it and uh but there's there's definitely more there's definitely an audience that I think would appreciate the music that you've got here. That's all. And, uh, you know, there's, there's Firestarter, there's a bunch of PR companies out there that you could sort of link in with that do all that work for you for a few hundred bucks. You know, I used to do a lot of interviews through them for uh, local Aussie artists and and yeah, they aren't artists that sort of set the world on fire either, but they're they're serviceable. I like what you've got going on. Yep. Yep. So mate, is is there any anything else you wanted to share with the audience before we wrap things up? Is there any questions you think maybe I should have asked you about what you're what you're all about and what you're doing with your music? Yeah, I mean like like I, I just want to make things that people want to listen to, you know. I, I no, I I make things that I want to listen to, you know, and then be like, hey, that's pretty cool, you know. And and if if there's a roll-on effect that people appreciate that, then I'm super grateful for that, you know. Um like and I just, you know, want to say like Shout out Tade and shout out the viable. Check us out, you know, and check out from the haze. Yes, that's the bit. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> yeah. from the haze. That, yeah. See, that was the last thing. Like, you know, we brought an album, like, you know, we, we've got the song names, we've got the album title. Like, what do we put it out as? You know, well, I don't want to do it as James Hulse. It's gay as fuck, you know. I'll be sorry. I am not safe for work. This program is not safe for work. Say what you okay. want. So. Oh, fantastic. No worries. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to put it out of my own name. And so that was the very last thing that we came up with was like, well, what do we call it? You know, and it's just it, flinging shit at a wall, trying to find something that stick from the haze. Yeah, all right. I can, I can say that a few times. And, and so, um, yeah, like I, I guess the yeah, like as you said, the next move is to, to form a live band and try to, you know, get just spread the music 
Well, there he is, ladies and gents, James Hulse from the outfit From The Haze. If you like that chat, there are plenty more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com. If you like listening, perhaps you like reading, because I have written a book too. Scars and Guitars Volume 1, Conversations from the World of Heavy Metal and Beyond. Click the link in the banner on the website. You'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice. Download a sample. Always download a sample. Try before you buy, and if you do complete the purchase, hit me up, because I want to thank you personally. There's some more information coming up about the book, but before we get to that, I want to bid you a fond farewell. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Until next time, it is a very goodbye for now. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew Mackay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal, and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the... I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there I, I, I just i just can't understand how we've gotten to this place and yeah we kicked a hornet's nest with sepultura percussive overlord gene hoagland talks about recording with chuck Schuldiner. chuck was always um you know he was he was very you know very open-minded and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for, for the best stuff that they have. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five and Manson gave me that name and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself 
Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book.